Hello, everybody, and welcome to Iceberg to Go, your daily dose of Pittsburgh Penguins news and analysis. Remember, you can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts from. The 2023-24 season is underway, and it is underway in an underwhelming way for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They fall to the Chicago Blackhawks on home ice by a final score of 4-2 to two in the opener of the season. There were a lot of things in that game that make it apparent that the Penguins are still a work in progress. They have plenty of things to work on, holding a lead being one of them, some defensive zone efficiency in number two, penalty kill, clearing the puck out of the zone, power play needs to get a little bit sharper, finishing on their opportunities. They made Peter Morazic look like a Vesna caliber goaltender, and I don't want to take anything away from Morazic. He had a stellar game. If you tuned into Iceberg Recap, the first of hopefully many this year, he was my number one star. 38 saves on 40 shots, but the Pittsburgh Penguins could have done a little bit more to make his night a little bit more difficult. He did make some 10-bell saves, but that was really the only actual opportunities the Penguins were getting. It was all high danger or nothing. You're hoping that as the season progresses, they're able to get a little bit more potent on the offensive side. But one of the other takeaways from yesterday was that eight players made their Pittsburgh Penguins debut, obviously headlined by one Eric Carlson. I'm not going to talk about him in this episode. There's going to be plenty to talk about surrounding this game tomorrow on a full episode of Tip of the Iceberg with me and my co-host Nick Horwat. But I do want to talk about somebody else that made their Penguins debut yesterday. And that's Ryan Graves. Before the Carlson deal, Ryan Graves was the biggest addition made for the Pittsburgh Penguins and Kyle Dubas this summer. Coming into last night, he is considered to be the top defenseman on the left side for the Penguins. In the lineup, that's where he sits. He sits above Marcus Pedersen. Now, when it comes to reality... Those two were probably neck and neck for the best defensive defenseman on the team entering the season. But there's a lot weighing on his shoulders. I mean, Ryan Graves was given a long-term contract with a lot of money to be that guy for the Penguins, to be the stabilizing force alongside a guy like Chris Letang. And I liked his game last night. I did. I thought he was strong on the puck when he had the puck. That was something that, you know... The scouting reports all say that he has a solid first pass, that he's smart when he has the puck on his stick, but I thought he was smooth as well. A couple times in transition that I thought he looked really, really good and really comfortable, and it seemed just like he was calm. In a game where there were players on both sides of the ice that looked a little overwhelmed, I mean, yes, the Blackhawks are a very young team, and you got a lot of that all the way around, but even on the Penguins, I thought you could see, you know, a player like Jansen Harkins looked like he had the jitters. You know, a player like Drew O'Connor, it took him a long time to get into the game. Lars Eller was tentative a little bit too much. Um, I was going to say Riley Smith, but really it was it was kind of held to the third line for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But somebody that didn't look like they had the jitters, somebody that looked like they were in the game from puck drop was Ryan Graves, and I, I appreciated that about his game. I thought he was a steady presence for the Penguins all over the ice. Um, that's the other thing I mentioned. Could have been better with zone clears on the penalty kill. He also falls into that. The Penguins on the kill, yeah, they they didn't give up a goal, but 
they made the Chicago Blackhawks look like a very dangerous power play when at the end of the day, they're probably closer to the middle of the pack for the NHL when it comes to the actual talent out there on the ice with Connor Bedard, who, yes, is is a guy that looked really good. I talked about him on Iceberg Recap yesterday. But also, you know, Seth Jones on the power play, pretty potent. Taylor Hall, if he can bounce back, pretty good. So they made them look like, I'm not going to say the Edmonton Oilers of last year because that was historically good, but a lot of the reason they did is because when they had their opportunities to clear the puck, they didn't get it out, whether that was shooting it right into the shin pads of a Chicago Blackhawk or whether that was just whiffing on the opportunity and allowing the Blackhawks to outman them as as they did on several occasions there when the Penguins were trying to kill penalties. I think that was probably the most glaring weakness that I saw from Ryan Graves yesterday. But outside of that, I thought he had a really solid debut for the Pittsburgh Penguins. On the surface, when you look back at it and you look at natural stat trick, it, what his underlying numbers looked like, it doesn't look great. It looks tough. But in reality, it's a little bit better. Let's go through this really quickly. In 15 minutes and 18 seconds of ice time at 5-on-5, five five, he did play five minutes on the penalty kill. That's what's going to happen whenever you take four bench minor penalties in a game. But at 15 minutes and 18 seconds, Ryan Graves had 40% of the shot attempts at 5-on-5, five five, 32% of the expected goals for at 5-on-5, five five, and 27.27% of the scoring chances went on the ice at five on five. Those are not good numbers, right? They're not numbers that you want to see. But I'll tell you this. Those numbers are low for one of two reasons. One, Ryan Graves doesn't push the offensive envelope a whole lot. Yes, there were times yesterday where in the offensive zone he was able to get a shot off. But in reality, his responsibility is the defensive zone. I liked what I saw from him in the neutral zone, in transition, with the puck on his stick. But his focus, and he's getting paid for, the defensive zone. But that number is still included in that. The other reason is when you look at his sample size. Very small sample size, obviously. Only one game, only 15 minutes of ice time. But when it comes to the 40% of the shot attempts, only 8 of those 18 shot attempts actually made it through onto the goal. So a good job of not allowing shots on goal despite the fact that they were in the defensive zone a little bit too much and the possession is not where you wanted to be. Also, when on the ice, he only allowed two high-danger scoring chances. And I believe one of them, we'll get to in a minute, was an accidental scoring chance, and it led to the game-winning goal. So two high-danger scoring chances, only eight shots allowed in 15 minutes of ice time. The eight shots allowed is the least amount of shots allowed among the top four defensemen on the Pittsburgh Penguins who played the majority of of the game. Chad Ruedel looked good, but he only played six minutes at five on five. P.O. Joseph looked good, but again, only played 10 minutes. Then there's, there's Ryan Graves who had 15. And then the others had, I believe up to 20 minutes of five on five time for Eric Carlson. He led the pack for the Penguins blue liners, but outside of, you know, the underlying numbers, which can sometimes be deceiving. I'll say that I thought Ryan Graves and, and the penalty kill, which I mentioned already, I thought Ryan Graves had a good debut. He was on the ice for only one of the Hawks' goals. And a lot of people like to point that out because he's catching a lot of flack for his positioning on that game-winning goal for the Chicago Blackhawks. Let's not ignore the fact, and a lot of people are and some people aren't ignoring the fact that 
that was completely by accident that the puck got to Jason Dickinson. And yes, it's hockey. That happens sometimes. And good positioning sometimes wipes that out. I don't think he was out of position. When I go back and look at it, in my opinion, I thought he was in in the correct position. Jason Dickinson sat back instead of driving the net and tried to find a soft spot in the zone, but Corey Perry had no intention of passing him the puck. He had no intention of passing him the puck, and you can see that Ryan Graves has Jason Dickinson marked at the beginning of that play. And then Corey Perry, when he goes to shoot the puck, instead of charging out to try to take away the lane, when he sees Corey Perry shooting the puck, you see his skates turn a little bit, and if you go back and watch the replay, you'll see this and slow it down, because I wanted to make sure before I came on here and back that up, is you see his skates turn, he's getting ready to try and be in position, knowing Jason Dickinson is about to probably come in, and box him out to make sure he doesn't get the rebound. Unfortunately, that's not what happens. Unfortunately, it goes off of Crosby, deflects directly to Dickinson, and Dickinson doesn't let it sit on his stick for more than a millisecond. He dives to shoot the puck. Graves isn't able to make that adjustment because he's going the opposite direction, and the puck goes into the back of the net because Tristan Jari also not expecting that pass to go across the ice and directly to one of the Chicago Blackhawks, so he's out of position. He's not able to get over. Puck goes in the net. Penguins go down 3-2, to two, and eventually that becomes the game-winning goal and the goal that sets the Penguins up as 0-1-0 to start the season. A lot of people saying, you have to get in the passing lane. You have to charge out and take that guy. I don't think he does. He's a defenseman. I thought he was in pretty good position. Would I have liked to see Brian Rust come down into the zone a little bit more and take that player away, take that option away? Yes. But here's the problem that I see, and it's already popped up this year after one game. A lot of people like to say, well, that goal is that person's fault. That goal is that person's fault. That goal is that person's fault. Hockey isn't that simple. It isn't. And with Ryan Graves and that positioning, it's not that simple. Yes, knowing the result of the play, knowing that Corey Perry's shot is going to go like a sniper straight across to Jason Dickinson, knowing that now, yeah, you should have taken the passing lane. Go back to where his head was at at the moment, what his positioning was supposed to be in that play. And it gets a little foggy. Could he have taken that guy away? Yeah, he could have. Let's play that scenario out real quick. Ryan Graves changes course after he's coming back into his own zone. Changes course, goes out to take that option away. That shot from Perry gets through. Dickinson gets around Graves and there's a rebound opportunity. Great A opportunity once again. Depending on where the shot goes. Depending on how Tristan Jari handles the shot. Again, hockey is not simple. Things change very quickly. In this sport. So again, ifs, ifs, I'm not going to try to say that. I I tried to say that last time. It it doesn't work. But regardless, at the end of the day, it didn't go Ryan Graves' way. I see a lot of people saying Ryan Graves is horrible. Ryan Graves is pathetic. Listen, guys. One, let's not, you know, crucify a guy after, after 15 minutes 15 minutes at 5-on-5, 20 minutes of total ice time, and I see people already done with this guy, and that's fine. That's your right as a fan, but let's not ignore the fact that the rest of the game, he looked pretty good. Eye test, he looked really good. Underlying numbers on the surface, not great. Take a deeper look, still pretty good. Not, Not great, but still something that you can see 
that the Penguins can build off of. Something that you can see that he could potentially be the guy that the Penguins need, which is like 2016-2017 Brian Dumoulin. That's what they're going to need. We'll see if he's able to turn into that, but for right now, I was encouraged from what I saw in his first game with the organization. Graves, and the whole team for that matter, are not a finished product. It's game one. Game one of 82. There's overreactions to be had, and that's perfectly fine. Makes my day seeing some of them. Makes me chuckle. Some of them kind of warranted. Like when you blow a two-goal lead in the first game of the season after you had 12 blown third-period leads last season, that's not something you want to see. That's coaching, and that's a discussion for a different day. That's going to do it for this episode of Iceberg to Go. Thank you so much for tuning in, and remember, you can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts from. We'll see you guys next time.